This is the Movie Hall of Fame Class of Kevin Smith for Saturday, September 17th, 2022. And there he is across the table from me. The J to my silent Bob, it's Adam Hall. Yeah. Yeah. You finally got one right. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. That's good. <laughs> We're finally here, Adam. It's about time. We've covered many of the greats here on this podcast. We've talked about Clint Eastwood, Spike Lee. Yeah. Akira Kurosawa. That's correct. Uh, Stanley Kubrick has been brought up from time to time. We did three Alfred Hitchcock episodes. Don't forget Abel. We just did Abel. And of course, we covered the filmography of Abel, Ferrara. Yeah. But it's about time we got to truly a Mount Rushmore pantheon level director. Who takes up the entire Mount Rushmore. Certainly does. Yeah. Well, he used to at least back yeah. in the day. He's... That's that's true. The the dude has uh has 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 slimmed down a little bit. Yes. He went on the uh the Pendulette diet. <laughs> it, it's, it's actually true. Like Pendulette, like you know, Penn and Teller used to be really fat, and he <laughs> went on this diet where I guess he only ate raw potatoes. Oh God. For like a month. Yeah, and is that and then he got a heart attack, I know that. No, it was the other way around. What? He ha- he had the heart attack and then was like I gotta fix some shit. Right. So the strategy was you just eat the most plain root. Ah. You can find just you eat the one thing for an extended period of time and then you slowly reintroduce stuff to sort of recalibrate your palate. Oh, I see. I see. And I guess Kevin Smith did the same thing and it worked for him. Interesting. All right. That's cool. Good for him. Yeah. He's he's a delightful guy, this Kevin Smith. One of the nicer filmmakers you could bump into. I really fucking like this guy. Oh, I don't obviously know him personally, but he just always just emits good vibes. He's he he is the Tom Hanks of directors, really, when you think about it. In in a way. In certain ways. I mean, when you think about it. (laughs) That's the thing about him. I mean, obviously, I don't think he's a good director and he doesn't think he's a good director. I might take a little. I mean, he says it. I don't know if maybe he's just being falsely modest. But. I don't know if he's a bad a bad director. I don't know. Like the movies we're going to talk about are interesting in that, like he's he's you know he's lambasted every once in a while. But like I, I'm going down the list. I'm like, oh, you know, okay. I don't hate any one of his movies. I think the movies yeah. are gonna, the movies are going to talk about. It. I I like pretty much all of them. Some of them I love, and you know, yeah. I think there's there's for me there's like two great films on the list. I wouldn't maybe <laughs> use the word great, but I, I if they're the same two films I'm talking about or that I'm thinking of, uh, they're probably not. They're not. Okay. <laughs> probably not. But um, no. I mean, to me, there's one great film, like definitively great yeah. film on on the list. Uh, his first movie is his best movie. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. then then I have one other that I'm like I. I don't know. This movie fucking works on me in a way that it shouldn't work, but I love it. I really, right. I love it. You know, and yeah, I, I think he's a, I, I call him the definition of a competent filmmaker that is elevated by some good writing occasionally, some very good writing occasionally. Yeah. So. Um, the, the thing about him, like, it, it's kind of weird. There's an emperor's new clothes kind of situation with him, or at least there was in the nineties where mm. clerks came out in 94 and it was, a revolutionary movie. Yeah. And it's a movie that I don't think the public was ready for. And that's because there was this sort of this underground nerd scene that was just sort of developing in comic book stores and movie theaters and conventions. And they hadn't quite taken over the culture yet. And here comes Clerks. And it's a movie made on a shoestring budget in a convenience store in Jersey in the middle of the night with a bunch of unknown actors and filmmakers. 
and they're talking about the Death Star. And they're talking about like, you know, the best Star Wars movie and all all of these nerd debates. Yep. And it was something that I mean, obviously it's before podcasting, it's before blogs, it's before message boards, it's, yeah. it's before Comic-Con really became what Comic-Con is now. Uh, and people weren't ready for it. And they're like, what the fuck? Who is this guy? <laughs> and he becomes like the poet laureate of the fucking 90s independent film movement. And I think we look back on those movies now and we look at the reviews that those movies got. We look at like what Roger Ebert was writing about chasing Amy, for example. Yeah. And it's like, really? <laughs> like, what the fuck happened here? But it felt like Kevin Smith was always in on the joke. It's like, he, it was the Emperor's New Clothes, but he knew that he was naked the whole time. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's never sort of had a pretension about him. It's always been like, no. I'm a shitty filmmaker. I'm making movies with my dirtbag friends. Sure. And I'm always going to elevate the untalented friends around me. That's the thing about him, right? Like, he never went mainstream. He's friends with Ben Affleck just because they're friends. Like, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are in his movies because they're buddies. It's not because they're big movie stars. No. Um, he always knew that he was making movies for him and for the people that he knew would like them. Um, and it, it's like, it, there's never that Tarantino thing of like, oh, I need to make 10 good movies before I die. There's none of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's none of that. And, He's good friends with Tarantino. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Very good friends with Tarantino as a matter of He's fact. He's good friends with everybody. And yeah. like that, that's the thing that I think I find refreshing about it, about his, his movies in general is that. You know, he is aware of his strengths and his weaknesses, and he knows that he kind of got one over on the film yeah, system by making this career for himself. Uh, but it's all it's all good vibes and it's all good fun. At the know? end of the well, yeah, hence the stoner attitude of a lot of his later films too. Thank you, Seth Rogen, by the way, Certainly. <laughs> introducing him to that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, it's Clerks is one of those movies where I, I see it and I imagine like like French filmmakers studying American cinema. Like they they this is how you know Godard did it over here. This is how Kevin Smith did it over there. <laughs> right, it's <laughs> such a weird comparison. Rest in peace, by the way, Jean Luc Godard. Definitely. Uh, yeah, no, this is uh. No, it's just it's just kind of a weird one for me. I mean, you know, I come from a different generation to appreciate the films in that way. But uh, you know, th- there's definitely a time and place where it's like nerd culture is not particularly loved or respected. But Kevin Smith is, you know, has his has his fingers on on the pulse of society to be like, no, there's a lot of us out here. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of us out here. So I'm just going to make a film to, you know, voice that part of the generation. And you know, so it has that like. Things I love about the '90s is how quickly they, you know, a lot of these movies and music and whatever was able to capture what people were feeling at the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I think it was this sense of catharsis too, of like, this is stuff that we had to be private about in yeah. the '70s and '80s, mm-hmm. right? Like, comic books, um, hockey, you know, stuff. <laughs> it's, it's very weird. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things where like, you know, even some of these underground movies that he's referencing in in a lot of his work, like. Yeah, you know, this is stuff that he was as a child embarrassed about, and I think in the '90s a lot of that stuff sort of came to the forefront, and there was this sort of the the veil was lifted on society, and it's like, oh wait a minute, like you fucking own issue three seven two of the the fucking Fantastic Four comics or whatever, like yeah, you know, and I don't even engage in that subculture really. I'm not a comic book guy at all. Um, no, but, but I, I kind of get it. I'm I, charmed by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I am. Yeah. I, I certainly feel the spirit of it, and you know, and we we relate to it from different things though. Certainly, our feelings towards movies, maybe not comic books necessarily. Right. Yeah, it's but, all the same sort of. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I get like if you were to come up to me, you know, like, he he's not it's not too far off from like Kevin Smith saying like 
fucking oh yeah i remember the first time where i played wolfenstein 3d i'd be like i know exactly what you're talking about right it's like that you know and you know it's 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 nice to see this this kind of stuff referenced and appreciated and embraced in the way that it ultimately was by him because you know we we do have a lot of thanks to give to kevin smith for like bringing that stuff into the forefront in many ways at least making people know it's okay I'm and I'm fine with. It. I mean, he he does, kind of created the first MCU. I, that's is the other thing. Well, that, this is my other question. Like, but yeah. are there inadvertent issues with his legacy? Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I can't. Some people think it is. No, that, I that's have why a hard time up, watching like, these movies and getting mad at them. No, no, yeah, I don't get mad at them at all. You know, but. I and by the way, I don't think all of the movies we're talking about today are are great. I, I some of them I don't even think are good. But um, yeah. I, he he did sort of tap into this uh this uh this public desire for interconnected universes and easter eggs and yeah. obviously the characters that he created are not at the level of Tony Stark and Bruce Banner or whatever or Peter Parker but yeah. you know he uh he essentially made a comic book universe in movie form and uh you know all of his movies at least the early movies in the View Askew universe is that what he calls it the View Askew universe yes um you know, all of them sort of relate to each other. They're kind of backdoor sequels and reboots yeah, and remakes of, ways, of each yeah. other. True, true, true. Uh, it mirrors a lot of the sort of comic book thing. And, you know, Jay and Silent Bob appear in most of his movies. And, uh, yeah, I think, like, he was able to grow a cult following because he did something in movies that no one was doing. No. No one was doing that in no. the 90s and 2000s. Yeah. Uh, for better or worse, I guess. But this will always be my MCU. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm always, I'm always going to be way more excited when Randall shows up in a fucking, you know, in a Kevin Smith movie than when Black Panther shows up in a Captain America movie. You know? Yeah. I frankly don't care when those char- characters show yeah, up. It's it, like whatever. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, what was your relationship with Kevin Smith growing up? Because I didn't have much of a relationship with Kevin Smith until college. But right. by, by that point, I had already sort of dipped my toes into like a lot of independent cinema. So he was just another guy on the list. I wouldn't call him like a, um, uh, 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 what's what's the word? And he's not like the most important filmmaker for me or most formative filmmaker for like my taste or anything like that. But I just appreciated what Clerks was and I just th- thought it was, you know, really good, really funny. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, college, I think, is the right time. Sure. To get exposed to him. I mean, his movies... They feel like they take place in dorm rooms, even if they're not in dorm rooms. But I went in like the link later route, whereas like some right. people go. Well, yeah, I mean, there. Slacker did it, yeah. inspire him to do uh, Clerks. Oh, so you were actually viewing it from like a filmic perspective. It was not like, let's get high and watch Dogma. No. Okay. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about this. Like, you know, when you're like a kid, when you're like 13, 14, 15 years old, the last movie that you saw was, is your favorite movie. I mean, that's just how it goes. Like, you know, I remember seeing Dark Knight when I was 13 and being like, that is my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> you know, like, that's just what happens when you're a kid. Uh, but, you know, occasionally you'll see a movie that's like, you know, I, I like this, but it's not like my favorite. And, you know, Kevin Smith, I think, was that for me. Like, uh, I think I first got exposed to him in high school. Um, and it coincided with my budding love of podcasting. That's, okay. that's how I got exposed to him. It was 2008, 2009. The only podcasts around were, you know, Adam Curry, I guess the former MTV VJ, uh, and Kevin Smith was doing Smodcast. Still, yeah. And I think he started in 2007 doing Smodcast. 
Uh, and I, you know, listened to that, listened to Hollywood Babylon. Um, he would often get, you know, guest on other podcasts and get brought up on other podcasts. And, you know, that was sort of my gateway to um, a lot of the movies that I love now. I, I would hear about them discussed on podcasts and I would go seek them out. And that, that's that's what I did in high school with Kevin Smith. And um, it's weird. It's kind of undeniable. I was just thinking about it this week. He is as responsible for like my tastes and my hobbies and my passions wow. than anyone. And I, I, I never think of him that way. I don't think of him as like my idol or my hero or my, you know, my lodestar. Interesting. Wow. But I mean, his dialogue, particularly in Clerks and certainly in Mallrats and, and Clerks 2, um, that's a podcast, <laughs> I mean, he's doing movie podcasts. I mean, often, yeah. Those are the conversations taking place in Clerks between Dante and and Randall. I mean, they're they're podcasting. They're talking about nonsense. They're getting high in the middle of the day, and you know, out of just pure boredom and malaise, just talking about the things that they love. Um, and yeah, the thing about Kevin Smith, he is maybe not a great visual storyteller, but an incredible verbal storyteller. Yeah, I mean, knows how to spin a yarn. And you see that in his interviews and some of his like talks where he goes up and speaks to 100 kids. Some of my favorite uh, internet videos are just him telling the stories about the death of Superman yeah. and, and all that other wonder. John Peters, those stories are great. Yeah. Uh, what's the, another one he, he talked about that just it just ruined me in a good way? <laughs> God, I forgot what it was. But like he's got another one of those things where he's talking to a whole classroom of kids and it's just the funniest thing. And this guy, you're like, oh yeah, this maybe... You know, it kind of goes to like the point of what a, a director is, where it's like you just kind of need to be a good storyteller, and then right. you can you can do a lot. Yeah, he uh, he released a DVD, I think. Of, he he went on a big college speaking tour. I think it was during the Chasing Amy PR tour, and um, yeah, a lot of those are now available online to yeah. watch them. And yeah, that that's what he does in the podcast now. Like he was doing podcasts again before there was a word for it, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, the guy clearly has an ear for dialogue. It It's not always dialogue in the voice of his characters. It, it often sounds like a guy talking to himself, uh, which, I mean, whatever. Uh, but, yeah, I, like, the sort of, the the the, the marriage between the, the sort of the passions, the underground passions, the nerdy passions yeah. um, that he would, uh, you know, sort of bring to the forefront and this incredible gift for Gab mm. uh, was really appealing to me when I was a teenager and I watched all of his movies and I enjoyed a lot of them. I revisited some for this podcast. They don't all hold up, I will admit. Uh, yeah, but it, it was weird. I was thinking about it. This guy's really fucking influential on me and I, I'm not sure I would be a podcaster now if Kevin Smith didn't exist. You can admit that. It's fine. Yeah, it's a weird thing. It's not something to be ashamed of. I don't, you know, I mean, if you're influenced by Kevin Smith as a filmmaker, it's a little odd. Mm. Uh, but if you're influenced by him as a writer, that's cool. That's cool. I get it. Yeah. I get it. A lot of people are. A tremendous amount of people are. That's fine. Yeah. The one thing I will say about Kevin Smith, I sort of relate, like, um, Jay Ballman from Red Letter Media just made a comment about, like, his feelings towards... Um, Kevin Smith and, and Clerks specifically. And he had a really great point. And I guess I, I do kind of share this is, is that like when you see something like Clerks, a lot of people like me, we don't necessarily respond to like all the stylistic choices per se, or even so much what the story is about. Um, 
but we do respond to this idea that anybody can make a movie. Yeah. And it's like, well, like you, 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 you can do it. This is just a movie about bohemians in a convenience store, just or slackers, whatever you want to call them, just doing nothing. Mm. And it can be a really compelling film. Yeah. <laughs> one, of, one of the, one of the more important, one of the more crazy to say, but one of the most important films of all time. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go that far. Sure. <laughs> I mean, it, it's an incredible Hollywood myth. I mean, it's just it, one of the incredible stories of like just resourcefulness, maxing out credit cards, uh, shooting your movie with a $27,000 budget at your workplace at night. And it's this great thing of like, it's in black and white because they were shooting at night and they didn't want to give away that it was nighttime. They wanted to keep the illusion that it was day. Um, so yeah, it just, it's an incredible piece of Hollywood lore. Uh, and it is one of those things now. It's so much easier to do now than it was in the 90s. Um, but uh, yeah, it still holds up that movie. That's the other Great thing. movie. It's a really good movie. It's a really good movie. Yep. I love it. We should talk about it right now as a matter of fact. Oh, sure. Let's <clears throat> dig in. Uh, the five movies nominated for induction into the Movie Hall of Fame. 1994's Clerks. 1995's Mall Rats. 1997's Chasing Amy. 1999's Dogma and 2006's Clerks 2. All of these movies happen to be in the Viewisk universe. Mm -hmm. Uh, His extended universe uh, named after his production company, Viewisk. Not nominated. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Jersey Girl, which is uh, the notorious bomb starring Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck. (laughs) Uh, I think he is in the years since (laughs) named the movie Geely 2. (laughs) <laughs> wow was a you know a real bomb and it was an attempt at sort of branching out from his sort of stoner comedies and it was supposed to be like a sort of straight down the middle uh, you know adult picture and did not do well that made him retreat into comedy land with Zach and Mary make a porno in 2008 and most notoriously cop out in 2010 the Tracy Morgan Bruce Willis uh, job for hire essentially he did not write that movie he just directed it I've seen it you have. I have not. Yeah. Is it a good movie? Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Quite bad. I was. I, I, you could make an argument. It's his worst. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to make horror movies now. I'm a genre <laughs> filmmaker. And he does Red State in 2011, Tusk in 2014, Yoga Hosers in 2016. Uh, we had a lengthy discussion about Tusk on Why Is This a Thing? Yes. Go listen to that. Great movie. I like Tusk <laughs> for what it is. And now it seems like he's back in the Isk universe. Yes, he is. He did Jay, Jay and Silent Bob reboot uh, in 2019. And then this weekend in cinemas near you. Can't believe it. Clerks three. I didn't think it would happen. Never thought it would happen. <laughs> it's unbelievable, actually. But fuck yeah. I was listening to Smodcast in like 2011 and they were talking about it. I know. Like, that's how long this thing has been gestating and it never seemed like after the Weinstein thing happened, it it just never seemed like it would get off the ground. And here we are. Here we go. Yeah. The gang's back together. I'm very happy. I don't, I don't even care if it's if it's just kind of whatever. And just it's just amazing that Kevin Smith was allowed to make this movie. I'm very happy for him. Yes, definitely. Uh, all right. Let's begin. Clerks starring Brian O'Halloran, Jeff Anderson. Marilyn G. Lottie, Jason Mewes, and of course, Kevin Smith, mm-hmm. Jay and Silent Bob, That's the right. latter two uh, actors. A day in the lives of two convenience store clerks named Dante and Randall as they annoy customers, discuss movies, and play hockey on the store roof. This thing won the grand jury prize at Sundance, Adam. 
I can I get it. Hey, I get it. This thing was a I, smash hit. Yes, I know. Uh, as I just said, cost twenty seven thousand dollars to make. Uh, made three point one million at the American box office. So yeah, big hit. Critics loved it. Um, I think now you watch it. As I say, it, it holds up. It's a super fun movie. It, it's it's kind of crazy that it got the rapturous response that it did, considering how offbeat and revolutionary it is uh but my god just so much fucking fun yeah that's all i can say about i mean so much fun just very well drawn characters that i despite their their you know i don't know what you you could say flaws but just like these are people that i'm not sure I, i would want to hang out with but this movie just harnesses them in such an entertaining way those might be his two best characters still randall and dante yeah yeah probably well i think it's kind of proven with the uh, clerks too we'll yeah. get to clerks too but um yeah no this is this is just a i don't know i i, I don't know who he drew these characters off of but is it's you mentioned earlier that sometimes one of kevin smith's uh failings as a writer even though i think he's a very good writer um one one pitfall he always has is that it's you know it, it'll feel like he's talking to himself sometimes or identical characters are having the same argument and it's just like yeah okay like it's it's nicely written but like there's no distinction distinguishing qualities between these characters yeah or not as many as there certainly should be and that's not the case with these two guys <laughs> right <laughs> butting heads in all the right ways different philosophies on yeah. their own pop culture like they have the same taste but for different reasons and right I, I love that about these two characters like even just the simple question of you know empire or the original and you know dante would say empire No, i think randall argues for return doesn't he does he? yeah oh is that right i think so i don't remember if he argued for return or not yeah i think so why and, would he argue for return don't know dante liked <laughs> well I, I i like return but why would he argue for that over empire well dante liked the downer ending of yes. five remember that was the whole thing exactly and it, it makes sense for that point in his life why he would say something like that totally. and it's, it's a it's a well-reasoned answer and then it's backed up by the fact that you know randall's kind of a loner and sort of this anarchist who doesn't care whereas dante has a reason to be sad because he's you know trying to decide between these women and he's working at the quick stop and you know it's like i i never quite lived that life but i still get it i still knew a lot of people like that yeah and there is still a little bit of me in these guys too so i i I, yeah i get it yeah they they kind of um kevin smith takes the the opening of reservoir dogs with you know uh like a virgins about a guy with a really big dick um and makes that the whole movie Mm. you know like the conversations like that they were there i mean they were in seinfeld they were in you know tarantino movies and stuff and tarantino i think a a more obvious uh, um, uh, comparison there but here it's the whole movie it's just these guys fucking talking and yeah i i think you're right this is it doesn't just feel like Kevin Smith arguing with himself. No. They actually do feel like two distinctly drawn human beings. And when Clerks 2 comes around, I'll get to my thoughts on that movie when we get to it, but you know who these people are and you know where they are in their lives. And there is a kind of waiting for Godot tragedy to it. This idea that they're stuck in New Jersey. <laughs> well, that's why Tarantino loves Clerks 2 so much. He yeah. likes Clerks 2 more than the first movie. Yeah, I, I funny, yes, funny, I, funny I, enough, I read yeah. about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but this idea that he's still there. I yep. mean, he's still fucking doing the same thing. You can watch his reaction. Like Kevin Smith screens the movie yes, for them. I've seen that video. It's like, yeah. There's a built-in sadness yeah. that you didn't have in the yeah, first right. movie. <laughs> 
<laughs> He's still there. <laughs> All right. Still there. All right. All right. <laughs> Don't you think it's hilarious that Tarantino's just a podcaster now? Is he? Th- what? He's got a podcast with Roger Avery. I've they been... they do the video archives podcast now. Oh, I haven't watched it. Yeah. Or listened to it, rather. Yeah, he's he just does what we do now. My whole life I've been chasing Tarantino, and now he's just doing what I do. He's chasing you, bro. Yeah, and it's very bizarre. Yeah. Get- yeah, he's just on, he's on fucking podcasts all, all the time now. How is the podcast? It's great. I mean, I don't know. It's fucking Tarantino and Avery talking about... They did a they did a, a Dark Star podcast. Oh, really? Yeah, they like they do like old forgotten, you know, stuff they watched at the video store. Back Dark in the Star. 80s. Yeah, Dark Star. I like Dark Star. Yeah. No, it's, it's fucking great. I yeah, mean, it's exactly what you would want. Yeah. Okay. It's what podcasting was invented for, really. I, I mean, it depends on your feelings on Tarantino's takes. I'm always like... I, I, they raise an. I don't. I mean, no. Listen, I'll disagree with him heavily from time to time. Oh, I frequently but, do. But like, no. But you gotta, you gotta listen. He did come out. I mean, a while ago, and say that uh, "Good, the Bad, and the Ugly" is uh, the best directed film ever made. And I'm like, okay, I can't really disagree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah. When Clerks Two comes around, like, there's a Mallrats sequel coming in in the next couple of years. I think it's called like Rise of the Mallrats or something. Okay. Twilight of the Mallrats. Uh, okay. I don't imagine we're going to have the same sort of built-in pathos, you know? And and that's because those characters are kind of just avenues for the jokes, whereas yeah. here it actually, you know, they are they are well-drawn, complete people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're just so fucking cool, man. I just want to fucking hang out with these guys. I know. You but know? I think that aesthetic in this setting also works well with like the black and white film that they're using too. I don't know. It's authentic. It does feel, yeah, I, I completely agree. It does feel like, like, strangely, it's funny to say, but there is a sense of place here. Yeah. You know, there is, there is a, the, a vibe and it, it, it definitely helps that like sort of like, like, what are we doing here kind of mood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, one of my complaints about Clerks 2, when we get to it, we'll get to it, but I don't think a fast food restaurant really captures the same sort of milieu. It doesn't really have the same sort of endless, you know, the, 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 the sort of the nine to five that never ends <laughs> the, I'm going to be trapped here in purgatory for the rest of my life. It doesn't quite have that same vibe. That's a very electric movie just in the way that he shoots it, but also yeah. the multiple settings that it takes place in and all of the foot traffic coming in and out. There's something about that convenience store. It's like, I like the convenience store more. I'll yeah. I mean, it's hell. But, I mean, it's literally, it's hell. Yeah. But I like the, 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 uh, burger joint for different reasons though. Okay. It doesn't have the same vibe, but deliberately so. Yeah. And there's a, funny point to that that i kind of like and i guess we'll we'll get there but doesn't it feel though like kevin smith has never worked in a fast food restaurant but he's clearly worked in a convenience store like it feels (laughs) like one again is kind of just like that's the setting that this play is going to take place on whereas here this is born out of some sort of you know buried rage within him that's well yes i agree well clerks is a better movie but like but i i don't know i mean there's so much of the clerks too that doesn't really take place in the, the the machinations of what you do in a uh, right. a burger joint. Maybe that's what I'm trying to Which say. Which is fine. I don't care. Uh, but, you know, even when they get to it, I mean, the, the, there's not a lot of built-in drama to just people serving burgers, you know? Right. I don't, I, you know, I'd, I'd rather have the 
employees that don't give a fuck <laughs> that run this shitty burger joint you know like right. I, I don't know to me it, it's it's authentic if you were to place randall and dante in a burger joint definitely feels like what would happen if we put those characters in that setting it will, will kind of look like this right i mean like there's that great scene in in clerks where they're t- they're complaining about the customers and there's that montage of like how much does this thing cost and it says 99 cents and big lettering above the the woman and yep then you know randall's complaining about the video store and all the recommendations that he has to give and it's like those are clearly stories that existed in yes. his life those are real stories and he's drawing from real experience in a way it makes clerks too a little more interesting to me in certain respects only because he has to make it up he has to use his imagination in yes. ways that kevin smith is sometimes afraid to do well he definitely <laughs> uses his imagination in, yes in a few yes. ways in yeah. that movie yeah i mean dude we'll get to my feelings on, on clerks too that's it's uh i'll just say it's not the lowest on this list not even close to me. okay interesting <laughs> That's interesting. Okay. It's uh, actually quite high. <laughs> it's extremely high. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, t- to me, this is still the vehicle that is best for his musings. You know, like a, a convenience store where nothing really happens. Boredom is the driving factor behind these conversations it's not sort of philosophy about the nature of god and catholicism no they're not talking about sexuality in a relationship context like it is just it is a conversation about nothing in a place that is literally nothing yes and the boredom of it all is equally sad as it is funny like when they get when they emphasize how bored these characters are you're like yeah i've been there but god that's funny that they're resorting to just talking about this and ignoring customers sometimes yes yeah i love that stuff yeah you're, you're absolutely right when you t- when you say like yeah this is there's no other perfect avenue for this type of uh, uh attitude in filmmaking and writing yeah for sure yeah quick note about jade and silent bob who are kind of the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of this universe. They, they pop up in basically all these universe movies. Uh, I think eventually they figure out what to do with those guys in terms like Kevin Smith understands what the joke is by the third or fourth movie. And it's kind of funny that, you know, these guys are chameleons. They can be prophets and dogma. Um, they can, you know, be a, a relationship gurus and chasing Amy, uh, they can be superheroes and mall rats like the idea that they're this Swiss army knife kind of entity the two of them and they always travel together I, I kind of think about it in terms of like the Fast and Furious franchise like eventually they, they were more polished and they figured out like self-awareness is the key yep. with these two but in this first fucking movie Jason Mewes is a fucking chupacabra like he's crazy this guy yeah like he's he has such a manic energy to him <laughs> the the dancing with the boombox outside and like there's such a raw weirdness mm-hmm. to what these two were doing as jay and silent bob and it's it's no coincidence that when Mallrats comes out a year later universal did not want to bring back jason muse uh, they were like, we want to recast Jay. Oh, fuck that. And they made him audition again. The studio made him audition again. Oh, God. I, I mean, like, I think when I first saw Clerks, those are the characters that didn't really work for me. But now I watch it and I'm like, 
wow like this is just pure unadulterated kevin smith yeah i know it's like it's like the the necessary texture to to to, to sort of like you know they're the cherry in many ways i i, I don't know because it's very clear that like people like that existed outside of whatever store that kevin smith was working at yeah. you know and may, maybe they're a little stylized but like holy shit is is are these performances <laughs> even kevin smith yeah just i don't know the, the way he accents that total total manic energy by Jason Mewes is just delightful. Right. Yeah. He puts a little a little emphasis on every right. Yeah. Makes him him standing there is so much funnier than just Jason Mewes dancing for no reason. Yes. You know? Exactly right. So yeah. Uh yeah. I mean that that was they just revisiting this movie for the podcast, like dude, Jason Mewes was so fucking high during this filming of this. Yes. Very. Uh, I'll fuck anything that moves. <laughs> He's great. Dude, Clerks too. Also, like the fucking Sons of the Lamb shit. Yes, <laughs> you're gonna come down on Clerks too. Well, it's a bad movie, but I mean, I doesn't mean uh, I don't enjoy it. I, mean, I might call it a great movie. Oh goodness gracious! <laughs> we wow. want to jump straight to Clerks too. <laughs> yeah, let's do it now. Yeah, Why sure, not? Sure, I mean, sure. we're on the Clerks subject. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Okay, so uh, 2006 is Clerks two. We'll jump ahead here uh, again. Brian O'Halloran, Jeff Anderson, and this time Rosario Dawson comes along for the yeah. Ride. That's right. A calamity at Dante and Randall's shops send them looking for new horizons, but they ultimately settle at the fast food empire movies. Yep. Another one of those uh, companies that exists throughout the whole uh, universe uh, dogma. I think there's a meeting. Yeah, there's there a boardroom is. meeting right. at movie right. headquarters. Uh, movie did well. Yeah. Cost yeah. him five million. Ended up making 26. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I don't. I don't think it's good. I think it's actually quite bad technically speaking i don't think it's why well i mean it looks like shit i mean the cinematography is bad i mean it's really bad and not sure i agree with that really no I, yeah i don't agree with that at all <laughs> I, I mean thought, he, he's I moving thought... the camera and it's he's directing in this but it's kind of like how i feel about the marvel movies now where somehow oh. the technology gets better but they end up looking worse i mean it's it's a low budget movie it definitely looks like a low budget movie yeah but, but the original clerks looks better and that was shot with a fucking 16 millimeter yeah i agree I yeah. agree that Clerks is better. <laughs> I think, no, I think it actually looks better. Though. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't disagree with you. Yeah, I don't care. It doesn't mean that this movie looks bad. <laughs> I don't know. I you could you could argue it's his, his most competently shot though. Uh, I would probably say that aside from maybe Tusk, but is competence what you're looking for though with Kevin Smith? Like, I don't know, dude. I I think the way the camera is moved in certain moments is nice for the characters a lot of the time. Okay. <laughs> Frank, frankly, even if, like if you're talking about the dance scenes on the on the roof or. <laughs> Even just the simple choices of just Randall explaining why, like, like why he thinks uh, Lord of the Rings is boring. Yeah. Even in that moment, it just kind of works. It's not pushing the style, but it's reserved just enough to be like, oh, wait, I'm making a Clerks movie. So, right. So I like that. You know, it does feel like a Clerks movie. Absolutely. Yeah. I love the setting. Honestly, I love the idea that like, OK, we're going to we're going to go. We're, we're done with the quick stop. We got we're good. We're, we're we're moving on to bigger and better things. Where are we going? Oh, movies. Right. <laughs> it's like it's a little bit better, but not that much better. That's yeah. kind of the point. I kind of like that about the, the, the there's more structure in a place like this, but they're still allowed to do whatever they want. I've seen burger joints like this where people just don't give a flying fuck, particularly oh, yeah. in Torrington, Connecticut. 
Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I know, I, I, I totally get this, and it's like, it's actually to me like the next great extension where they're they're doing their version of experimenting and doing more with their life in quotes, but in in actuality, we get to this great conclusion where it's like, you know, we, we had something special all along here, man. Yeah, you Let's know, make something I don't fucking that. buy that though, because you know what? Because the original Clark, it's a horror movie, or it's supposed to play. To you, it's a horror. Movie. Well, it, I think it to Kevin Smith. I mean, there's a there's an existential crisis at the center of that original movie. Yeah. And the idea, like, I mean, it's now become a hacky thing, the legacy sequel. Like, yeah. You know, actually, uh, the barbershop and coming to America is a great iconic American location. And it's no, it's just coming to America was good, but we don't need to like fucking pretend it's a classic movie because it's a legacy sequel 30 years later. Mm. Clerks does the same fucking thing where it's like, actually, the convenience store is an is an uh, is an Eden like paradise in the middle of, of Jersey. No, it's not. It's a fucking dump. And the sort of nostalgia, the naked nostalgia that this movie has, I I get it. I understand why people embrace movies like this, but I don't know. You're kind of talking out of two sides of your mouth if you pretend that the original Quickie Mart or whatever is was a good place to work. That was not a good place to work. No, I wouldn't agree with that. They, But they did, by taking it and making it theirs, though, I don't know, that almost kind of made up for it in certain respects. I don't know. Yeah. You know, they, they, they you know, they harness their, their legacy in that sense. They're not like, like subject to it or victim or made victims because of it or something like that. I don't know. It's, it was such a big part of their identity that they tried to get rid of. And then they're like, yeah, why don't we just be who we are? Yeah. I kind of like that about it. Um, I agree with you that it's not a great place to work, but it Maybe it is for Dante and uh, and Randall. Yeah. And that's kind of the, the, the point of that argument anyway. Yeah. I don't know. I've, just, I've seen too many of those fucking legacy sequels now, though, where it's well, like... Well, you're going to get another one with Clerks 3. Right. Except it's more of a legacy sequel. Yeah. It's like, oh, actually, like, uh, the the uh, the naked woman in The Shining is actually a, a good guy, and she's going to help Ewan McGregor defeat the evil witch, and it's like... like this sort of the 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 reclaiming or I guess the the perversion of some of the movies that we loved growing up in the form of just nostalgia porn. Yeah, it bothers me. It really bothers me now. Maybe it wouldn't have bothered me if I saw this movie in 2006 oh, wow. when it came out. I don't feel that way, like in reference to other like, you know, legacy movies. This does feel like it feels like a Clerks movie, but also feels like a natural sequel to Clerks in many ways. It certainly earns a lot of those things that you're referring to, mm-hmm. in my opinion, particularly in the jail sequence, mm. you know, which is a great long. I love I just I, flat yeah, that, again, that's fucking like, flat out love that conversation. That's one of the best things that he's ever done. Yeah. Yeah. Without question. Okay. It's number two. This is my second favorite Kevin Smith mill. Wow. Yep. Yep. Jeez <laughs> Louise. It is hilarious. It's just, it could be his funniest next it, to Clerks 1. It's I, very funny. I think it's hilarious. I think the character work is great. I think where the, where he pushes Dante and Randall at this point in their life is actually pretty interesting. Hmm. It's equal parts like sad, but also very dr- dramatic and still funny. It's like you have to be able to reconcile with the idea. Like even though like from an, from some perspective, from their perspective, it could be pretty sad. If you just look at these guys like where they are, it is hilarious that they're still, you know, um, tr- trying to be, you know, trying to do something new, but up to the same old tricks. Right. I kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, there is a lot of truth in that idea. Yeah. For the record, I think the Rosario Dawson stuff really works. Me too. I think she's good in it. Uh, she's the only like actor in the whole cast. I don't think, uh, 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 the, the, the actor, Brian O'Halloran and, uh, God, what, Jeff, Anderson. J- Jeff Anderson are bad. But no, they, but, but they're not actors. No, <laughs> no, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
it's kind of funny watching. I mean, I, I feel the same way about like when, uh, like fucking Matt Damon shows up in a Kevin Smith movie. It's like, yeah, oh, he's like actually that. doing work, and everyone around him <laughs> is. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he he wandered into the fucking Arkham Asylum and is just surrounded by a bunch of nut shops. Yeah, uh, she's really good though. I, I mean, like the scene of of her and Dante in the nail polish. I actually it's think great. is really intimate and good um you know it's he's kind of just retreading the same conflict as the original movie of what girl do i go with except now it marriage is on the line and pregnancy is on the line yep um i kind of like again i would normally have an issue with this if maybe i don't know if they were retreading the same conflict like in the fourth like in the way that rocky (laughs) retreads the identical conflicts as much as i like a lot of those rocky films like in the second generally they end with a boxing match that's that's true you know usually that's how they settle oh yeah with their fists yeah (laughs) Yeah. god it's a pretty similar structure but except for rocky five that's right well they still they still fight don't they they? yeah they do but it's awful it's not shit you do a rocky movie without a fight it's the worst that is the conceit of that fucking movie. Yeah. It? It's like, what if Rocky did his box? <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I love those. Then Stallone turns 70 and they're like, guess what? You're boxing again. <laughs> so you better fucking fight in this one, dude. Oh my God. I don't care how many steroids you have to take. <laughs> no, I was going to say, so, but but th- I think thematically for this character, like those ideas do actually make sense. I mean, it is a movie about like having trouble escaping, you know, the, the, the things that life is, you know, turning you into in a lot of ways or the things that you've dug into. And, you know, it, it sort of interrogates to me a kind of an interesting idea where it's like if you feel like you know you're you're here and you but you want to be over there but for some reason you can only get back here well then maybe it's a good thing to ask the question of like you know maybe it's okay that i'm here yeah yeah i okay okay it's a scary idea but i yeah it's a little uh i don't know i i just come back to this i this empty nostalgia idea like you know, I I prefer this to a Coming to America sequel. I suppose. You know, so I, do I. I didn't see Coming to America too, so not, I cannot not, comment. Not good. Uh, but yeah, I, I I don't know. I I just think in some ways it kind of it it doubles back on the thematic significance of that original movie. Now I don't think Kevin Smith really cares all that much. Like he, again, he just wants a vehicle for his jokes, and I think occasionally wants to pull on your heartstrings, and he does that here. I think it. No, this is the thing. It's like of of movies that I saw, the exception of like perhaps Chasing Amy. This does feel like a. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. This felt like he wanted to tell the story more than Chasing Amy. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can't wait to get to Chasing Amy. Yeah. There's there's no the part of the reason why I love this movie so much is that it's like oh wow Kevin Smith is actually passionate and comfortable again there isn't there is an effortlessness in this movie that's not oh even, well yes not even there in yes yes yes, yes 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 well dogma too I and think. talk yeah and dogma yeah, yeah. sure yeah no th- it definitely felt like right he was back in his sandbox and he was sort of he was free to just let the Lord of the Rings takes rip, sure yeah know? yeah. And that that was nice. All the Transformers stuff is really funny. Oh God, it's funny. That is great stuff. Yeah. Yeah, all those conversations, all the dialogue. Again, it's another thing where the dialogue, it's like, feels natural this time around. Feels more right for these characters in this space. Right. Keep it here. Yeah. There is, I mean, repulsive 
scatological humor. I mean, like, it's really raunchy, this movie. I mean, there's bestiality featured. Uh, yeah. And it plays a it plays a, a very significant role in the movie. I, I was, like, waiting for it to not play a significant role. Like, please tell me this is going to be an offhand. Like, like, he introduces the animal and then the scene cuts away. No, right. it's very important to the movie strangely and then i was thinking about it i'm like well you know a girl did fuck a dead guy in the original one so i mean really we've always sort of been at this level of raunch but i mean he really goes for it it again does feel like yeah kevin he does that in almost all of his movies always going just a little bit further right you know and then you get to tusk and it's like how much further can you go bro (laughs) jesus yeah Yeah. um no i i think it's i i uh, no, I don't. I don't think it's a good movie, but I, I enjoyed it. I enjoy it for what it is. Um, I'm already in the bag for Kevin Smith, so yeah. like I will indulge. I will be seeing the third clerk. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm there. I can't believe you think it's a bad movie. I'm on the cusp of saying it's a great movie. <laughs> I, I love it. Is this the furthest we've ever been apart on a take before? Soul. Oh yeah. Soul. Okay. Yeah. No. No. That, no. I, I. I. I fucking love this movie. It's. It's one of those movies. I was like. No, I don't think he's a bad filmmaker at all. If he can make this, I'm cool with that. Yeah. He got an eight minute standing ovation at Cannes. It's a good movie, Nico. It's not that bad. I feel like fucking every movie gets a standing ovation at Cannes now. But, but like, that eight minute standing eight ovation. Eight minutes! For this, where there's fucking a guy fucking a donkey. Yes! Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's it's ironic. For several minutes! Yeah. I do like the graduate ending. Yeah. They do they do play in that element. Kinda, yeah, yeah they do, yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, wait a second. Yeah. Yeah a little more obvious than the graduate i guess but <laughs> in that they literally say first day of the rest of our lives oh shit you like stuff like that yeah i love it i love it it's great <laughs> i'm there for three that's it i mean you haven't dissuaded me like i'm not gonna not see clerks three because of this you know no but all right moving on okay mall rats going back in time I can't believe how much you loved it yeah Jeez, loved that's it. crazy fucking loved it uh yeah mall rats 1995 uh starring shannon doherty who is the top built in this movie she's like it's weird like the sixth most important character but the only <laughs> recognizable name i guess at the time beverly hills 90210 uh jeremy london jason lee ben affleck michael rooker and stan lee both dumped by their girlfriends two best friends seek refuge in the local mall this movie uh right after clerks came out was a big hit harvey weinstein's like what do you got kid yeah and he's like i'm thinking clerks in a mall that's kind of my idea here yeah i kind of make movies about guys shooting the shit all day how about we do it in a mall and they're like, <laughs> sold here's eight million dollars so ridiculous and the movie bombed critics hated it 2.1 million dollar gross uh but uh I, I think since has gained a sort of cult following it's a movie that i really like and i've liked uh, since i was a kid i think watching it now doesn't really hold up especially that climax like oh this is a little staged yeah a little stiff this movie I'm surprised you like this movie as much as you do. I don't dislike the movie. I just love movies in a mall, man. That's just what it comes down to. Yeah. Just I, movies I, in a mall I, fucking rule. Like you're a sucker for it. Because this, this. I fucking love malls. You could make the argument that this is a bad movie. Yeah. I don't think well, it is. a lot of people did. I don't think it is, but I, I'm not, it's not a, it's not the, it's not a hill I'm going to die on. <laughs> let, yeah. let me put it that way. Um, Because it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot like a Linklater film if his comedy was more broad. Yeah. 
yeah. it's kind of what it felt like to me. It didn't feel strangely didn't feel too ar- too far off from Slacker or, or a little bit of Dazed and Confused in there. There's a Dazed and Confused quality to it. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's that's just kind of it. It's I I don't th- you know I was watching like it's it's well made enough. Some of these jokes are okay, but it's not that funny to me. Right. And I hate these characters a lot. <laughs> like they're just not fun to be. You don't around. like Jason Lee in this? Not really. He's he's not bad in the movie, but God is he insufferable. Yeah. Well, I mean that's yeah. That's, yeah, but there's just too much of that. Like not in a good way. Not in like an entertaining. Like I, the Joker is insufferable, but he's so entertaining. Right. It, no, like this guy is just like God. He's like nails on a chalkboard sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I, this is his first collaboration with Jason Lee. He was an aspiring skateboarder in uh, LA at the time and uh, Kevin Smith put him in this movie and that really kick-started his uh, his career in show business. I-, I think like he is crucial to the formation of Kevin Smith as we know him. Like yeah. his energy, he's really good in these movies. I was actually thinking watching Dogma again like this is what I wish Ryan Reynolds was doing now. <laughs> like it's it's kind of like yeah. what what Ryan Reynolds thinks he's doing is what Jason Lee is doing in these in these 90s Kevin Smith movies. I see. Uh you know like he's he's a decent looking guy but also kind of schlubby. Um you know he he has the sort of same inflections as Reynolds but he actually has comedic timing and he actually has some personality. He he's really good. Chasing Amy too. I think he's like really good. Yes, he's he's a- a incredible in Chasing Amy. Actually. Yeah, uh, but I like him a lot here, and I think like that's kind of important in terms of like establishing the Kevin Smith voice for the rest of the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's the kind of comedy they just don't make anymore. Like it's no, and I, I I will say that there is a there's I have a little built-in nostalgia for stuff like this. These just again very silly broad stoner comedies that don't really go anywhere. But like that's the point. You know, there's an observing report owes a lot to this fucking movie. Mm. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's a it's a casual, you know, sit back and have a good time, maybe have a few drinks in you sort of movie. Right. It, all of Kevin Smith's films, for the most part, the heart is in the right place, too. So right. there is there is a sweetness to this movie by the end of it. That's even though I don't love that third act where it's like, yeah, that's that was that's nice. It's hard to get mad at Kevin Smith, which is, you know. I don't know. I feel bad for the guy because a lot of people have been mad at him <laughs> in his career. It's like leave the fucking guy alone, guys. Right. Guys, he's trying. Yeah, uh, no. Like, and I, it seems like everyone has a good experience working with him. Affleck loves them. I mean, they're really good friends, the two of them. And this is pre Goodwill Hunting. Ben Affleck yeah. in this, which is kind of a crazy artifact too. Ben Affleck wanted him to make Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> yes, that's right. So I wish he did. I, I don't care. I definitely wish you did not. I don't give I it. Let did me not see, need to see that. I would love to see it. No, thank you. <laughs> Let me see that movie. Oh, could you imagine? Only if the other version would exist. I'd want, okay. The like, FBI recruits, yeah, right. I want to see warring versions of Goodwill Hunting out there. Yeah, the, if he got to direct the original script, which involved the fucking CIA plot and stuff. Like, yeah, that, that would have been, been fine. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, you can direct that one. Maybe one day. <laughs> the remake of Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, oh, maybe. wow. Yeah, right. Interesting. Uh, this is more uh, true to the source material. Yeah, That's true. Yeah. We're going back to what the original represented. <laughs> the spirit of it. <laughs> all going back to Conrad here. All, all that all that Robin Williams bullshit, none, none of it <laughs> doesn't exist. Um, yeah, it, it, it definitely it has like a sort of slapstick energy. And I mean, the thing about his movies, why I, I don't necessarily call him a good director he doesn't really have a point of view in terms of like the camera, like his whole vibe is 
ambiance. Like it's his movies are ambient. That might be the word that I would use to describe them, mm-hmm. right? Like they just sort of exist. The music never gets at a level that's above 12 decibels. You know, like it's even like in Chasing Amy, for example, there's a nightclub scene and the music in the nightclub's like really quiet so the characters can talk. Like everything is just, it's roaming around. Everybody feels like they're high. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he cuts between uh, different conversations pretty seamlessly, but they're all sort of at the same temperature. Yeah. They're at the same sort of level. Um, and it kind of lows. It feels like a dorm room. It kind of feels like I'm hopping into this guy's room and that guy's room and then the common room. And mm-hmm. uh, that's what this movie feels like. It's just like there there are antics happening. There is violence happening. There are different schemes. You know, there's a guy trying to find a sailboat and an optical illusion for, yeah. for a half hour of the movie. But everything is it's all of one piece and it's all there's not a lot of ups and downs in smith movies you know <laughs> i i sort of agree with that too yeah there's a i guess an inherent flatness to the way he directs i suppose um i, I guess th- you could put it that way too yeah. I, I think his voice is the perspective i mean i can always tell it's a kevin smith film but that's more so because of the dialogue i think yes and the characters more so than the way it's directed so yeah in that sense sure it's not that i think all of his movies are poorly directed but i i go back to this as a director i think he's competent i don't think he's always bad and i don't think he's ever really great he's somewhere kind of in in the middle it's like you know you i'm i guess what i'm saying too is like i'm surprised he hasn't been more of a gun for hire for just like simple comedies i think he could do it is the thing well he had a bad experience doing that i guess not what i really want him to to be honest no no it's not like i need him to i'm just surprised he wasn't able to do that yeah because he's he's good enough as a director to be able to helm comedies like that yeah i don't want him doing like a ghostbuster sequel though no god no no no. like i don't want him doing that but for like a Seth Rogen comedy for like something like Zach and Mary make a porn. I'm fine with that. But did he write that? He, might he did. He, he wrote and directed okay. it. Okay. Yeah. No, but that I think was more, it wasn't really a Kevin Smith movie in this. It's kind of like a Judd Apatow take, you know, it's very, uh, it's, it's a Seth Rogen movie is really yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a Seth Rogen movie more than it's a Kevin Smith movie. Sure. Yeah. That's where kind it, of the movie where he sort of cites like, like this was the thing that broke him almost just as much as, cop out because that was the movie that was supposed to really propel him into like ma- the mainstream right officially because he had like dipped his toes in the mainstream but never quite you know made the full leap right. and then and it didn't do well no. i mean like he he it's funny like dogma did well at the box office chasing amy did well at the box office like he when he tries to please the audience when he does something that yeah. he thinks like is going to get him recognition and acclaim it's right he 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 uh, he he uh, face plants. It's like, dude, you have to remind yourself you made clerks. Right, <laughs> that's the thing. No, like you can stumble into a hit every once in a while, but he's one of those guys. Like the more he tries tries to please the audience, the worse it goes. It's a little upsetting. I, I do in that sense. I do feel a little bad for the guy, but you know, like Dante and Randall, maybe you have found your place all along. Right, stick to it. There you go. You'll make your life much better, <laughs> and they do. One note about Mallrats before we move on here: uh, the closing credits of like, where are they now? Yeah. And like Jason Lee's character is hosting the Tonight Show. Yeah, 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 yeah. They nail that shit. Just like, like, we, I remember when we did the Albert Brooks podcast, that was one of my gripes. His movies always end with those like, oh, yeah, they're kind of, where are they now? And it, it's always like lame jokes. Like, just end the movie on a note. But this movie is sort of, it's aware of the fact that end credits suck. Mm-hmm. So he gives you the most absurd reality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, where yeah. Literally, he took over for Jay Leno as host of The Tonight Show because of <laughs> yeah, one stunt he did at a mall one time. It doesn't make a lot of sense traditionally. Yeah, but, one guy's yeah. running for president. Like, I, I fucking love, like, they're just lampooning 
all of that shit. Yeah. And it works in a movie like Mallrats too. You couldn't, again, it, it's, it's strange that Albert Brooks is trying to get away with it in his movies. It's like yeah. that, that type of tone doesn't work here at all, but no here in Mall. Yeah. It's Mallrats. It makes, it makes plenty of sense. And yeah. I agree. It's funny as hell. Yeah. He's kind of a, he's a low key, pretty good satirist. Kevin he, Smith. Like he's pretty good. Like chasing Amy has uh, a sequence where a character is telling the story of a threesome that a girl had one time. Mm-hmm. And it's right out of do the right thing. It is like it's. I it's, thought the same. I'm like, it's just Spike Lee. It was like uncanny. I'm like, what is he like? It's yeah, it's Spike Lee. What the fuck? Yeah, he's pretty good at taking shots at other. I know he's a Spike Lee fan and everything, but like, he he's definitely he's aware of 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 like the history of film and is pretty good at poking fun at it. I think he just sees the inherent silliness of it too. It's like, guys, yeah. it's shit, we're making a fucking movie. Right. It's just a, it's a silly. Look at this. This guy just stands in front of this camera and just yells at it for two, for two two minutes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it is kind of funny. I agree. Right. Uh. Yeah. No, Mallrats is fine. I don't. I like I said. I don't dislike it. Is I just, it your least favorite movie on the list? Oh God, I don't know. I don't. I. Hmm. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Put a pin in that, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it is. By default, I guess. Okay. I mean the other movie that I'm kinda like eh, on, I don't Yeah, I'm just so yeah. I'm more more so indifferent towards the other movie than I am like like I, I don't have any I have a very mild reaction towards it. So, so similarly. So I it's hard for me to judge. Is it the next movie we're talking about? No. Okay. No. Next one's called Chasing Amy. It's from nineteen ninety seven. Stars Ben Affleck. Joey Lauren Adams. And Jason Lee. Holden and Banky are comic book artists. Everything's going good for them <laughs> until they meet Alyssa, also a comic book artist. Holden falls for her, but his hopes are crushed when he finds out she's a lesbian. <laughs> dun, oh. dun, dun. <laughs> scandal. Ah, <laughs> oh, so much scandal. Uh, another hit only caused a quarter million made 12 million at the box office one best screenplay and best actress at the independent spirit awards that year mm-hmm. a critically acclaimed hit Tarantino loved this fucking thing I when know. It came out. I know I know he was like yo Smith just took another leap man he's at the next level now in his <laughs> career um, uh, yeah I really like this movie I it, it clerks is better yes this might be my favorite I, I really like it. This um, is your favorite Kevin Smith movie? Might be. Whoa. Might be. Um, I think I watch it now. Some of these conversations are a bit retrograde. Just, I think it's horribly dated. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of those conversations. The yes. Big, biggest, I, I can't blame the movie too. Even at the time though, I'm like, really? I yeah. don't know. Some of these conversations are are very silly to me yes uh, to the point of uh of absurdity i i don't know and i i mean there's an innocence to him the problem with kevin sure, smith sure, sure, he's but... a fucking man child and he never really grew out of it he still hasn't grown out of it and like you know in clerks he's even working through you gave blowjobs to 37 guys like, yeah here it's a, it's an, another movie he was dating joey lauren adams who's the star of this movie at the time and he was insecure about her sexual history and he was sort of working through you know his feelings about that uh you know the guy he's immature i mean he's an immature boy yes. who is in his mid-20s trying to work through all of his conflicting thoughts about women and sexuality and stuff yeah. and it's a bit messy but i i don't Very know messy. <laughs> uh, there i i do think there's an innocence to it 
I get. I guess it's, it's a, not Woody Allen. You know what I mean? No, but it's 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 not very you know elegant in in some no. of its assessments. It's you know it's I I, I would ca- not say astute. That's not the word I would use. No, it, it's it's kind of sloppy. I thought. I, I not to say that n- the movie doesn't work. I I can't. I don't dislike the movie. I think uh, the performances are are all very good, and there's some excellent. There are some excellent conversations, and I do think there's a built-in maturity. An attempt at maturity that I think is incredibly admirable. I also just think the fact that this film, you know, what I guess what it represents for the time in which it came out is significant. I don't think uh, any filmmaker was talking about these types of things the way that he did here. Mm-hmm. There are very few anyway. Um, and so, like, overtly, I mean, a lot of filmmakers, when they did, would be like deliberately subversive and. You know, they, they'd be talking about it without talking about it, like John Waters, for example. Right, right, um, right. But, um, but here it's like, no, I want to have a conversation with the audience, which is my maybe my favorite thing about it, because there are a lot of there's a lot of questions that he poses that makes the people watching it go like, hmm, I don't know, what do I feel about that thing? Yeah, which is which I it's my, I guess my favorite thing about the, the the movie is how it's just sort of like you know, um, deconstructs societal norms that I think is really sweet and interesting sometimes. Yeah, it, it's sloppy, but like, I, I, it's not homophobic. Like, it's not no, like... No, 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 I didn't say... You know, it's not well intended. No, but some people, I think, would accuse it of that. Like, I don't think so. No. Yeah, it's messy, but I think it's sweet. I mean, I think there is like a heart beneath it all. And I, I agree. I don't really read it the same way a lot of other people read it. I think like it's... Like, I don't know. It's all... I Here's the, the, the problem I think that a lot of people have is... You you go from you know talking about contractors on the Death Star to the intricacies of female sexuality, but it's not that intricate. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> that was my. I'm like, well, he well, doesn't approach it that way, yeah. but like you're applying the same style. Like he all every every dilemma that he encounters in his <laughs> filmography is approached with the same metho- methodology in terms of yeah know, how he talks about them yeah but it, you know ropes around to like the the confusion of you know eating girls out and yes. like, like we start there right but we're, we're we're starting by examining this this very interesting uh, somewhat uh, uh, yeah, uh, you know intimate a little existential question about like who you are and why you like the things that you like. Right. And yeah, we're starting with, uh, cunnilingus. Sure. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) There's just a lot of, there's a little too much of that for me to give every one of those scenes a pass. Now, not to say I have an issue with them discussing it. I'm like, okay, okay. I think this conversation should have started. This should have been the fifth conversation, mm-hmm. but it's the first, and I'm like, right. uh, okay, yeah. So like the, the the storytelling approach from that perspective kind of left me in a weird place, and it never quite broke from that. Uh, so yes, some of these conversations I thought were just kind of a little lame. Not all of them, but a little, and uh, you know, I I wasn't sure if they they all got to the like the heart of the issue. I appreciate the attempt, but like you said, it's it it it's it's very sloppy. Yeah. Um. Love the conversation with Ben Affleck and Joey Lord and Adams in the car a lot. Yes. And I love the first conversation they have when uh, they're laying in bed and they got that blue light on him and he's asking, why me? It's beautiful. And it also- actually feels like a movie. That's the thing about that some point. of those scenes. Or even when he like when she chases him down in the rain. Yeah. Like, oh, that's it's, it's like a- Sleepless in Seattle. Like yeah. it's like a 
This is a rom-com. Yeah, it's good. That's good stuff. Yeah, I have no issue with that. I mean, it's not. It, Roger Deakins didn't fucking shoot it. No, but like, but, it, like, but it's, it's like, oh, this is an attempt at film. No, like this to me actually feels like the most movie of all of these. Hmm. This to me, it's like, like dogma to me is it's just philosophizing about. Uh, you know religion sort of clerks and clerks too you know you know i don't know i kind of think this has more of that like 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 i I, maybe not philosoph philosophizing but you know like i don't know sometimes it does feel like uh like it's trying to be a like a uh what what would you call that like a college lesson on sexuality sometimes a gender studies class there's there's a lot of lecturing in this movie i don't feel that way about clerks too i don't feel that way about both clerks films i think those are his best films Uh this one has a little bit of that and sometimes it's interesting sometimes not so much um i i it's it's a weird it's a messy movie for me it's there's a lot of i have a lot of emotions with it in that like i think it's comes out good on the on top for me it's his third best film but Uh um uh it, it maybe I, I I was expecting it to be more. This was billed to me as his best. I'm like, no, no, guys. Yeah. Psh, psh, what are you talking about? <laughs> There's a lot of that. I'm like, no, it's, again, Emperor's New Clothes. <laughs> At the time, they're like, oh, Kevin Smith made the leap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's fucking Scorsese. It's I good. Think, but who's the critic that used to argue with Pauline Kael all the time? Ah, what was uh, Andrew Saris? Oh, Andrew Saris wrote a review. I think it was for Chasing Amy. I don't remember what year it came out. And he actually called him the next Scorsese. That's a real headline. Jesus. Kevin Smith, the next Scorsese. I mean, so it's one of those things where like, you know, it's the 90s and... People are feeling themselves in the 90s. Totally. You can do whatever you will. Oh my God, look at this biting thing. And I will say, like like that conversation in bed, um, that is a very bold thing to discuss. And you could not make it today. No... fucking way you make this movie today no 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 way you have that conversation period even if you just want to do that one scene not that you can't even make that today that is a really uh uh challenging thing i think for a lot of people to accept but i actually think it's very interesting i love that conversation mm. um and there are a number of those moments that do sell for me in a way that's that's quite lovely i love the breakup scene in 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 the parking lot really good i mean again one of the things you notice about Kevin Smith movies is that um, his dialogue sequences go on for about 15 pages longer than any other movie. They're just they're just long. There's yeah. like no editing yeah. in, in those sequences. I'm like, Jesus, this is a long conversation. Yeah. Uh, the Some of those two, like when they're outside the hockey rink. I like that a lot. I do. Yeah. It, it's they're going for drama, though, and that's not really Smith's mode. And like the actors are really fucking going for it. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure the dialogue really holds up to that. Not no to their performances. Yeah. Not, no, not quite as like, much. Like, I'm not I sure. Think. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're really trying to fucking do a like a theater class exercise here. Yeah. And it's, it's Kevin Smith dialogue. still. Yeah. it's really easy on the ears and it's, it's fun to listen yeah. to and it's, it's lively and engaging. Um, but yeah, they're definitely trying to, they're trying to act. I think it's good. I don't know. I think it's good. I, I do I, think it's good. I love the ending with the three something like Jane, Silent Bob gets That's a the, weird ending. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, but but also very good. Yeah. So yeah, Silent Bob gets the like. So when you go into the movie, you assume the the female love interest name is Amy. No, no, her name is not Amy. Chasing Amy is uh, an anecdote that Silent Bob tells Ben Affleck at the end of the movie, yeah, which I love. Which yeah, I mean Silent Bob. It's kind of strange because it's like, okay, here's this like 90s rom-com-ish kind of thing. And it's, you know, it's independent, four quadrant, take your your 
uh, your uh, your wife to the movies on Valentine's Day. And here's fucking Silent Bob here, just fucking talking about the nature of love and shit. Effectively, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 strange because he's, again he's got like one foot in one door, one foot in the other. It's like I'm still making an universe movie, but it's supposed to actually be a movie too. That, and maybe that's my biggest uh, hangups with the film is that yes. like it is caught in two different realms here. It's like right. Kevin Smith can't help himself, but he also really wants to make this movie. Right. So it's it there's a there's a weird split there, and I had a lot of cognitive dissonance with the movie. Um, uh, but ultimately, uh, it, it it comes back to this. Like it is it is well made. It's it to me. It's well made. I like the. I, I still like Kevin Smith's writing in this. I like a lot of the questions it poses. I like. I love a lot of these performances, particularly Joey Lauren Adams. Yes, uh, and Jason Lee's like he he's might even so be. Good. He might even be better. He's uh, so good. He's really good in this. He movie. was on another one in the nineties, man. Yeah. Uh, that threesome scene where his his performance <laughs> threesome scene. You right, know, right. Yeah, quote, just quote. next level shit. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Th- all that stuff's really great. No, there there are more pro- way more pros than cons. I don't want to sound like I'm coming down on the movie too much. I'm just uh, I, I I was I was this movie was was promised to me as something that to me it just quite wasn't. This is the first time watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, oh, like, guys, like. Calm down. I like it's good. I like it, but like calm down a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. Uh okay. Chasing Amy. Yeah. Lastly. Yes. Nineteen ninety nine. A movie called Dogma. Yeah. Starring Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Linda Florentino, George Carlin. That's <laughs> Yeah. Jason Lee's in this. Alan Rickman is in this. Uh, Chris Rock, Janine Garofalo, Salma Hayek, Alanis Morissette plays God. It's a it's a real hoop. Uh, an ab- abortion clinic worker with a special heritage <laughs> is called upon to save the existence of humanity from being negated by two renegade angels trying to exploit a loophole and re-enter heaven. So this is a movie that we've talked about, uh, you know, sort of, um, yeah, in passing over the years. Because Nick loves this movie. It was on Comedy Central a lot. And uh, when I saw it, I didn't like it. And I I think I was too young to really articulate exactly what I didn't like about it. I just knew that I didn't really like it. And Mm -hmm. I liked the other Kevin Smith movies more. Yes. And watching it again for this, I, I don't know if this is the reason why I didn't like it then. But there is a preachiness to this movie. Mm. And, a, and an intricacy and a complexity to this movie that Kevin Smith's dramatic chops can't match. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Okay. That he is really going on some tangents here, and it's a lot. It's a dense-ass movie. It's st- really fucking dense. You still don't like it, I'm sorry. Yeah, there's a scene where Linda Florentino's like, I just can't anymore. Like, Chris Rock is in the bar and is explaining to her, like, oh, she's actually the muse. Selma's the muse, and this is, you know. And, and she's like, I just can't with all this fucking mythology. Like, just, And the movie kind of wears you down in the same way. Clearly, Kevin Smith has done a lot of research into Catholicism. I think he was like... What do you mean, done? He he was raised Catholic. Raised Catholic. <laughs> no, but at the time, like, he was really studying. He was in the throes of, like, you know, Catholic dogma. Yes. And, you know, this is written from a lot of personal experience. Mm-hmm. But, my God, it's convoluted. Maybe that's the point. I kind of like if you're if you're trying to break down just like the overwhelming nature of Catholicism and how it's like y- you want to try to understand it, but for some reason they're 
it's almost as if they don't want you to understand it. They're so because of how much they're throwing at you and how how many more rules they need you to learn and you know the 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 level of practice you need to have and like Linda, yeah, like what's her last name again? Uh, Florentino, Florentino, Linda Florentino, Fiorent, Florentino. Yeah. But you do kind of go like, "Fuck this, Jesus Christ, give me a break." Uh, it's reflected nicely in the movie just because of the way it's made and, and like all that mythology they're constantly throwing at you. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I, I don't dislike the movie. I'm, I'm, I like it a little more than Mallrats thinking about it now. Um, yeah, but I, 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 I'm kind of in the position where it's like this movie's not quite as smart as it thinks it is. Thank you. Yes. Um, it's, which uh, I don't feel about Kevin Smith usually. Like no. usually he knows exactly the intelligence level he's speaking at. Yes, I agree. I you agree. know, uh, and now he's got George Carlin in it, which like, great. He's great in the movie, but George Carlin is not your brand of comedy. No, like, you are not a you are not a disciple of Carlin. No, no. You know, it's a little bit, a little audacious, but okay. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think this movie needed to be the level of absurd that the Book of Mormon is, or anything by Matt Stone, Trey Parker is to really work, because uh-huh. that's what it feels like he's going for for a lot of the movie, particularly with like the shit monster. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, why? Why were we? Why are we here? And then there's like the more thrilling like train sequence with Matt Damon and Linda. I'm just gonna call her Linda. Sure. Uh, where it's supposed to be a little more like unnerving and and dramatic and stuff like that. And uh, like, the, I think the movie's tone is never quite figured out. It's mm-hmm. it's awkward and and you know it's not strangely it's not broad enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In my opinion, like the scene where Matt Damon and and uh, Ben Affleck are arguing in the garage. Is another thing where I'm like, oh, we're 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 here now. Oh, okay, and I gotta readjust a lot. Mm. So the, the movie's constantly doing that. It's like I don't know what kind of comedy this is. If it's super broad or if it's like a a blending of like the dramatic and and the really silly. I, it's a weird one. It's a I I I like it is that that it's like a funny experience, and I like these care. I like a lot of these characters, particularly Jason Lee. Mm. Um. But I, I don't know if I took a lot of like interesting insights on faith and religion no. away. That's the real shame of it because he he doesn't say it's all bullshit at the end of it. No, uh, he 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 comes out and is like, no, it, it's it's okay to believe or it's it's okay to have faith and and stuff like that. But then I don't know. <laughs> I'm not really sure. It's too many ideas. Yeah, uh, too many ideas that are not. I don't think properly connected by the end. And yeah, I just. I don't come to Kevin Smith movies for ideas. <laughs> I come for vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, I come for banter. I come for, you know, flowery dialogue. Well, just because you do. Yeah, I know. I get it. No, that's fine. I, I I, don't. He's not Mark Twain, though. I mean, and, no. and he would never claim to be. And the, I think now I'm, you know, years later, I'm able to sort of put it into words. But like. Yeah, I, I think he kind of just he he gets a little full of himself here, a little indulgent. There's a little bit of ego. There's a little bit of indulgence. I um, I, I, I agree with that actually. It's yeah. silly, and there's funny moments, and you know Damon and Affleck are having a good time, and again, it's still good vibes. And everybody, but like you have fucking Alan Rickman here, and we're gonna. I, I I don't know. I don't know. This is not the the preferred mode of Kevin Smith. No, I definitely. Me. I mean, this script needs to be edited a little bit. Like yes. this, a few more drafts. I I because I, I see what he's going for in that. Like like I said, I have seen what Matt Stone and Trey Parker do. It does. It just right, feels right, like, right. It just feels like a less refined version of what those guys do. Right. And that's I, you know when I see the Book of Mormon, I 
I thought of this movie a lot, except yeah. I think it's way better than this movie. Right. But it's like, okay, yeah, it's it's not like he's he's off on the wrong track or that his idea is like unfounded or anything. But it needed a lot of work. I've I've always felt like it's not quite. It's funny, but it could have been a little funnier. It's not funny enough it, it's to not, to to be a broad comedy. Yeah. And it's not smart enough to be like a you know a biting satire. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And then like the even the when it chooses to get like Kevin Smith silly, I'm like it, it's it feels strange. Yeah. It really does in this movie, and it shouldn't because it's a fucking it's a Kevin Smith movie, all right. But yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm I yeah. I, I'm kind of right there with you in certain respects where it's like I've I, I've. I've always tried to nail down my feelings with this with this movie, whereas where I I watch and I thought, yeah, I ca- kind of casually enjoyed that; it was fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I didn't care about what it was getting at. And also, not <laughs> I, really a movie. I think that's the thing. Like, <laughs> stop saying that. No, it, it, I fucking hate it when you say that. No, it's a fucking movie. I touched a nerve here. But it's the most annoying shit. No, it's it's a fucking movie. <laughs> In what? <laughs> Relax, dude. In what way is it not a movie? <laughs> Shut up. It's a movie. <laughs> it's preachy. I agree. <laughs> Jeez. Holy shit. No, I mean, it just doesn't really hold together for me. I don't know. Like, I, I like who am I rooting for? What? Just basic movie shit. <laughs> you know? Who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? What are I we know doing? who's Why the good guy. I know. No, I mean, just... Uh, I don't know. It's it, it looks and feels and plays like a movie. as, as Even as the right structure of a movie, for God's sakes. <laughs> oh, my God. It's I agree with you. It's preachy. It doesn't... Here's what I will say. Mm. Uh, d- d- doesn't use film as, as well as it probably should or for all of its 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 greatest qualities you know y- using film as an avenue to you know like again you know preach your concerns in this way like it's like it's a, a text here's the thing too i agree with that it's clearly trying to get a rise out of people oh yeah it's provocative it's, got, it's do, provocative yeah do you know how like sometimes like you'll hear like a stand-up comic now and they'll start their set being like hope I don't get canceled for this fucking joke. Yeah. And then they say a joke and it's like, whatever, you just kind of shrug. At yes. It. I it's agree. like, you know, you're not going to get canceled for this. And you're, you're, you are uh, putting uh, uh, a scandalization in the mouths of your audience. You're putting offense in the mouths of your audience before you've actually offended them. Mm. And this movie does that at the beginning where it goes, we just want to apologize in advance, but like religion can get the piss knocked out of it sometimes too, you know. And With the beaver, that's yeah. funny. I actually that, that that made me laugh. That I was in the movie at that point, but, but like it's it's courting controversy. Do you know what I mean? And I know there was some controversy around it, where like the Catholic League or whatever was protesting, but then there were counter protesters that showed up to protest them, and it was just you know it was just an exercise where no one's really that offended, but it's all a performative kind of thing. Kevin Smith even protested the movie as a joke once. Yeah, yeah. so it's it's kind of this thing where like. It, it it presumes like when John Waters makes pink flamingos, mm. he makes it and he puts it out in the world and he lets the response be what the response is. Where here it's like he's clearly trying to offend and he's not even offending as much as he thinks he's offending. No, I agree with that. You know, I I, I yes that, that we've and we've you know we're we're, we're we're kind of repeating ourselves here, but we do, yeah the the concern of this movie is that like. You know what its ultimate goal is it doesn't fully achieve to me it's right just, it's not like it's not getting there it's it's kind of on the right track but if you just look at the movie for what it is it's a fine kind of silly comedy that's you know has a little bit to say i don't know it's fine 
It's you know, it's I, fine. I, I watch this movie in the same vein as like something like Half Baked or something like that. Sure, okay. You know, yeah. it's like fine, fine. It's 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 funny enough. Fine. Uh, not quite as funny as Half Baked, but <laughs> the movie rules. Uh, but yes, it's you know. It is a movie aspiring to be, you know, the stuff that Matt Stone and Trey Parker have now accomplished, and it only really, to me, gets to the level of half-baked. <laughs> that's well, fine. Well put. Yes, that's fine. Wish Eber put that in his fucking review. There we go. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so, yeah, I was going to make, like, a an argument just, uh, 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 just to play devil's advocate to put Chasing Amy in, but... Uh, I think we have to do Clerks. It's Clerks, man. All right, we got to do Clerks. clerks. All right. (laughs) Jeez Louise. Kevin Smith. That's fucking filmmaker. (laughs) Thank you, Abel. (laughs) That is filmmaking right there. Do you want to like go to Jersey one time and do like the Kevin Smith tour? We can go to like the the convenience store and the because it's still there. It is. He owns it. Yeah. I'd love to. His podcast theater is in the same building as the convenience store. Is that right? He built like a podcast theater. Oh, that's funny. I would love to see Smod Castle. Wow. Yeah. I hate New Jersey. Right. Um. But I don't imagine this area will change your opinion, though. I doubt it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, hell yeah, we can go. We can go to the comic book shop. Oh yeah, that's right. Jay and Silent Bob Secret Stash. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I thought, does he have a movie store? He must have a little movie store. Too. I don't know. He should. He he Shit. just bought a theater. I think. Good. He bought the theater that he went to when he was a a child, and I think he's gonna like renovate it, kind of like what Tarantino did. Sweet. Um. Yeah, I think we should do that one time. All right. We should take a field trip to Jersey and just take pictures at all the Kevin Smith locations. Yeah. <laughs> Such a weird thing for us. We're not, <laughs> we're not even like the biggest Kevin Smith fan. No, I think it'd be fun, though. <laughs> just hang out with, at the Jay and Silent Bob <laughs> comic book shop. Yeah, this is where we're meant to be right now. We can't. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, sure. I'll do it. I'd love to do it. Yeah, let's do that sometime. I haven't been to many like famous movie locations. Me neither. Yeah. Well, they don't film a lot of movies here. No, they don't. Um, I mean, they film in New York, but yeah. a little different. But I mean, yeah. I mean, you go to the Plaza Hotel and you're like, oh, this is Home Alone. I tell you what, I've been to the Eiffel Tower. Oh, yeah. That's a that's a pretty big one. Big movie. I have been to um, the, the um, exterior location in Last Crusade, you know, where they're going up to the the library. In uh-huh. Venice, yeah, and he's like, "That looks doesn't look like an, a library. It looks like an abandoned church." Yeah. So the interior is different, but the exterior shot is like you know this random building in Venice. So I've been to that building. Huh. Yeah. Inside is a bunch of Leonardo da Vinci shit. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if I. Could, yeah, because obviously there are iconic world locations that movies happen to be set at you mean like but the, like if i went like i go to mount rushmore i don't think like oh that's where north by northwest <laughs> took place you know what i mean like I, but i don't know if there's been a specific like this block this avenue this street corner is where the wire season four was like there's i don't think i've ever been to anything like that yeah i hate to say it i think one of the more obvious ones right now is the joker steps that's probably you know oh my step yeah where is that is that like in brooklyn or I, something yeah brooklyn or the bronx something like that Oh, that's like 
just random steps that didn't mean that have there nothing special about them whatsoever. They just shot. I feel bad for her lives in that apartment there, and they just got to fucking deal with tourists and pictures. What there. a crazy thing, you know? Yeah, crazy, crazy thing. That's so cringe. Yeah, there are areas now of New York that are labeled. I think there's like apps where they're labeled as Instagram friendly photo locations. Oh no, where like you know white chicks will go and like get dressed up and just take pictures. <laughs> Because oh that, that the bricks on that apartment building look nice. Oh, that's bullshit. And you'll see them like like I I've, I've hung out in like the village in Soho or whatever, and you just you see these people, and it's like clearly this is like a, an outdoor photo studio. That's for this, basic white chicks. That is utterly ridiculous. Yeah. What if I'm you know Instagram friend? What if I'm a more experimental Instagram artist and I see a pile of trash and I want to use that as my background? I think you should make can an I app. Do, I can I do that? Yeah, why not? Oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna start. <laughs> it's all a friendly Instagram <laughs> location. <laughs> all right. One day we are gonna do the Kevin Smith tour and we're gonna do a podcast about it. I'm fine with that. I look forward to we'll have that'll, pictures. That'll we'll do be, it. Yeah. We better find Kevin Smith. We'll call him up. Yeah. <laughs> Direct message him. When the movie theater opens, let's just do that. We'll go to the movie theater. We'll do the whole thing. I'm down. Yeah. I'm down. All right. Uh, all right. That's it. Good show. Love Good you. show. Love you, Kevin Smith. Yeah. I love you too. Excited for Clerks 3. Yeah. Me too, I guess. <laughs> I, I was at the movies last night. I went and saw Barbarian and um, yeah, walked past the theater and it said Clerks 3. I'm like, oh my God, it's actually happening. That is amazing. It is here in lights. Yep. Yep. <laughs> His buddy Justin Long is in that movie. You saw too. Uh, yes, he is. Yes, not a spoiler. I think I don't know what his role in the movie is. He shows up later. Ah, he shows up in the second act. I will not reveal what his role is, but he shows up later in the movie. But his role is a spoiler. Um, well, just just see the movie. Go see it. You're seeing it today, right? Yeah, I'm probably gonna go after this pod. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Great. Uh, we're we're going to do a podcast about that and why is this a thing in a oh, couple weeks. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Ah, I see. Yeah. I see. I see. Is Nick going to see it? Yeah, I think so. Oh, my God. It I is one of I those I think it's movies. on the calendar. Yeah. You think it's a why is this a thing? Um, people are comparing it to Malignant. I don't think it's as crazy as Malignant. Okay. But it is a, it is a twisty movie that I would recommend you go in not knowing anything about. All right, I don't, I don't, I don't, can't even remember the trailers. I did not watch a trailer. I mean, I, cause I just heard the reviews, like just go see it and don't know anything. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's really fun. All right. Sweet. Anything else you've seen that you want to shout out? That I've seen lately? Yes. Uh, bu- 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 I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's been a while since we chatted. Did I mention, well, Okay. I mean, you know, off off air, we talked about the fact that I saw Men and oh yes, Crimes of the Future. Uh, men sucked. Yeah, so yeah. I've heard. Yeah, not good. Uh, pretty good reviews though. No, it's a waste of time. Yeah, it is a ridiculous. I feel like there were some fucking idiot critics that are just like, yeah, no, this must mean something. <laughs> no, no, it's it's. I I the more I thought about it, the more I think the movie's utterly full of shit. Okay. <laughs> uh. Yeah, sorry guys. Um, and then Crimes of the Future, which was great. Cronenberg back. Yes, very uh, classic Cronenberg. Although he is, you know, he's still feeling himself a lot in this movie. It's yeah. a, it is a movie that starts out and I think it's going to be one weird twisted thing. And then it just becomes a noir. And I'm like, what the hell? Oh, okay. Jeez. And I love yeah. that. I love that sudden twist. And Vigo is great in it. Uh, Leah Seydoux is 
intoxicating. Yes. <laughs> I guess I've really grown to like her. Yeah, I like a lot. her a lot too. Yeah. I never she was kind of icy in some of those those earlier like Bond movies and yeah. stuff and I never really got it and now I kind of get it. I don't know. There's a certain allure to her certainly that I love. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. yeah. But strangely in the Wes Anderson film one of my favorite things about that movie Yeah, is she's good her. in that. Yeah, she's really good. And she's weird in this one but it's 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 quite solid. Very um uh, gross movie, yeah. So I've heard, but I love I, I love what it what it has to say about artists. Okay, <laughs> and uh, the strangeness of artists. Cool. In a time like this, it's a it's a it's one of those movies where it's like, how do you think this stuff up? Like, what do you what's the matter with you, bro? It's just such a weird idea for a story, such a weird take on a noir uh, uh, premise. But like, okay, yeah, I was in for it, and it ended up being uh, really fascinating. Uh yeah yeah cool I'll definitely see that I, I mean there's a lot of movies that I have to catch up on from this year uh I watched Thor Love and Thunder yes I heard for the people because mm-hmm. it's my civic duty yeah I'm still wondering if I just see it just out of like just for the fun of it it's just astounding it's astounding how bad these movies have gotten and maybe they were always bad I mean we we've been on the train a little earlier than everyone else but like I, was I saw the- Endgame and I liked it I don't know is it is it a piece of shit though. Do I have to rewatch Endgame? Maybe. I feel like that movie's okay. <laughs> I think they're all okay. Dude, I've been on this train of Marvel is just okay since yeah, but the, the Avengers. This is shit though. Love and the, Thunder's bad. I uh, watched this, I'm like, this is professional wrestling. Maybe we should rewatch Ragnarok and have that question. Maybe, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, I like that movie too. I think like it's kind of fun. And I was talking about it with Jabril the other day. He's he's blaming the special effects artists and or I mean, I get or how how uh, worked the special effects artists have been. Like they haven't been given enough time. It's and a pro. It's one of the problems. It it's, is. It's not yeah. all that though. No, no, it's not. They're, the scripts are lazy. The jokes are not as funny. The performances are uninspired. I don't know what the hell Natalie Portman is doing in this movie. Christian Bale is trying, but it's not fucking working. Mm-hmm. It's it's not good. It's not like it is Deadpool level farce too. Like it is farcical to the point where every joke is taking the air out of the balloon, and yeah. it's not funny enough to justify it. Like the the joke to serious dramatic line ratio does not justify how funny the jokes are. Um, so it's that's too bad. It's bad. It, they've gotten really really bad. Uh, I might might be one of my least favorite Marvel movies. It's not good. Insane. Wow. Not good. Yeah, I'm not. There, a, are, some, there are some contenders. Damn. I'm not a huge Taika Waititi fan, so that's a. Yeah. A lot of people love him, and I don't quite get it. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, I I'm, I don't think I'm gonna see it, even though. I mean, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I, I, just out of curiosity, I didn't want to see it in theaters, but. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very out on these Marvel movies now. Stay out. Yeah, I don't fucking care, people. Why do you? Why does everyone care? I don't get it. Yeah. Like you had an out. You had an out after Endgame. I will say, Christ, the Black Panther two trailer looks okay. I'm. <laughs> I think it looks all right. There wasn't a lot of CGI in it. Yes, there was. No, not as. I yeah, don't there know. was. Not like. <laughs> Sorry, but there. I totally mean, not was. like the fucking weatherman green screen effects happening in Thor. Like, <sighs> it looked all right. No, my homework for you is don't see Black Panther two. I don't know if I can abide by that. I think you can. Mm. <laughs> uh, I also watched a movie called, called uh, Marcel the Shell with Shoes on. Oh, I've been meaning to see this one. Uh, broke me. Oh, 
Okay. Made me cry. Did it? Fucking that fucking shell, dude. You love that shell. Jenny Slate is great. Yeah, I hear. She's. I mean, it's one of the great voice performances of the last ten years. Interesting. It's really good. Cute. All right. She's really good. Uh, I think some people don't really like the whole like sincere, nice Paddington. Oh, it's like that. It's very much. It it reminded me a lot of Paddington. Oh hell yeah! This is a little more. I think like um, self-referential and uh, a little more adult Mm -hmm. than Paddington, but. Yeah, it's the same kind of thing where this guy is just unobject or just objectively good, just unquestionably good. This, this little shell. Oh, okay. The little shell which she was on. That's great. I, I thought it was really inventive and fun, and I I liked it a lot. All right, I liked it a real lot. I mean, it's it's going to pop up on some some lists at the end of the year for me. Sweet, 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 sweet. Yeah. Highly recommend. Excellent. Highly recommend. Yeah. All right. I got so I I was doing my tally of the movies that are on my list. It's it's kind of crazy how many movies I still need to watch. <laughs> There's some good ones though. Yeah, this is a good year. Yeah, it's turning into a. It's a I, solid fucking year. I've been okay with this year for the most part. There's been a little bit of a lull, but there's always a lull. So what do you? you know, yeah, yeah. There's gonna be some Oscar movies that not everyone's gonna like. Sam Mendes has a movie coming out. He does. Yeah, the the Empire of Light. Oh, it's like about the power movies again. Is it? <laughs> Oh my god! It's like another Belfast, same thing. Oh Christ! I know Deacons is shooting it. So yeah, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. Um, and we got the Fablemans coming out. Yeah, I mean it's just and fucking Inuritu is doing a bi- autobiographical movie about when he was a kid. Oh boy! It's that's that's all the rage now. It's what people do. It's what these directors Everyone, do. Everyone's trying to be Fellini. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Fableman should be good. I love Fablemans. Looks really good. <laughs> it does. And listen, I'm really in on Babylon. I don't care what anybody says. People I, not like, not interested. People were trashing Chazelle online this week. I, what do they say? I don't know. They're just not a big fan of him. Why? They don't like his writing, I guess. Too sincere for the people. Oh, it's not. It's not uh, fucking. You know what I mean? It's not postmodern enough. Yeah, that's always the problem. So men has kind of um, made me hate elevated horror oh okay so that's that's an issue okay. i'm trying to find the movie that made me hate uh sort of the postmodern take the piss out of everything kind of movie yeah because i feel like it has absolutely happened at this point I, like i can't stand it but i can't remember what the movie was that broke me right yeah i'm i'm done with elevated horror I'm done with that. Fuck, as a genre. dude. I'm good, man. We'll wa- you, men will. You, I've got. Oh, I've had shit. enough. <laughs> like I'm sure Ari Aster's got that like four hour Walking Phoenix movie coming out, right? And like, I'm, I, this, no thanks, man. This kind of elevated horror, where it's like, yeah, it's like you forget to make a horror movie, right? At least Hereditary works as a horror movie. Yeah. Christ. Yeah, can we just have some, bring fucking Freddy back, man? <laughs> I'm fine with yeah, that. Yeah, just let's have some fun. That was the thing about Barbarian. It felt like maybe you could describe it as elevated horror. I don't know. But it it, it definitely has like an 80s VHS video store okay, feel. Cool. You know? cool, cool, cool. Christ. Get real, guys. <laughs> I'm sick of this shit. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh that's it. Can I do the line at the end? Yeah, absolutely. Uh okay. You want to say until next time? Yeah. Well, everyone. This is why this is the movie hall of fame. Yeah, this Podcast. is the movie hall of fame. And until next time, snoochy bitches. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>